Welcome to today's episode of the Road to Medical Sales Podcast. My name is Scott Macon, and here we go. Today, we are talking to Ryan Aldridge, the Vice President of Business Development for Atlas Healthcare Partners. Ryan began working in the healthcare field as a medical assistant for a sports medicine practice. During that time, he used his networking skills to break into the medical sales industry. He eventually landed a job at Medtronic and was there for nine plus years working his way up from an associate clinical specialist to a territory manager. He then transitioned to Atlas, and now Ryan, along with his team, are helping to drive growth in surgery centers across multiple geographies. Ryan provides a unique perspective going from the healthcare side into medical sales. His upward progression to the vice president role at Atlas is also inspirational. So I wanted to bring him on to share his story. Ryan, welcome to this podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tell me a little more about what you do as the vice president of Atlas Healthcare Partners. Well, thank you, Scott. Thanks for that introduction. And I appreciate the opportunity to join you on the Road to Medical Sales podcast today. I'd like to take a step back first and provide some information and help inform the audience a bit about what Atlas Healthcare Partners is, in addition to discussing my role. Atlas Healthcare Partners was founded in January 2019 as an ambulatory surgery center management and development firm. So we're a little bit over 18 months from inception, but the culture and the company are still very much a startup just in the vibe and and day-to-day. We have an exclusive joint venture partnership with Banner Healthcare, where we manage and develop all of the ambulatory surgery centers in the Banner Health Network. That network and our footprint right now consists of Tucson, Phoenix, mostly Tucson and Phoenix, but we also have some locations in northern Colorado, the Fort Collins area. That joint venture partnership is intact for all of the different markets that Banner serves, and I'd have to go back and and look, but I think they're in six to seven states right now. Myself, I'm the founding member of, and I also lead the business development division within Atlas. The business development division is responsible for volume and revenue growth of all of the surgery centers. I lead the business development slash sales team, which both recruits new surgeons and works to prevent the churn of our existing medical staff, which is our customer base. I also lead the development of strategic partnerships with physician groups in the market that drive our service line strategies that are central to our long-term growth. The last part is I also act as liaison between Banner Healthcare's business development and strategy teams, where we collaborate together on both inpatient and outpatient strategic initiatives throughout the market. The purpose of the joint venture partnership is that we can grow the entirety of the network and the surgery centers are a division. And with the move and migration of outpatient shift of elective cases, we're sort of the tip of the spear in leading and helping Banner navigate that migration. I think what you're doing is great. I'm proud of you for getting to that point. We've known each other for quite some time now. So my next question is a lot of our guest speakers have come from the surgery side of medical sales. You worked at Medtronic for nine years as both a clinical specialist and a territory manager. How do you think the clinical specialist role differs from the territory manager role? And what was that experience like? That's a good question. It's funny you say that we have known each other for a long time and have uh, (laughs) a cross different paths between Medtronic and, and Boston Scientific and Wright and medical devices, such a small world and share different managers and mentors and things like that. So yep, it's cool to be here today with you. 
I guess in my nine-year career with Medtronic, I will actually go back a little bit further and say that I was able to get about 12 to 18 months of inside sales to begin with. When I was in inside sales, I, I realized that it wasn't going the direction that I wanted. I switched and took a detour a little bit, and we'll get to, you know, I'll probably find an opportunity to discuss that a little bit later, but I ended up entering the clinical side with Medtronic, and so I entered as an associate clinical specialist, which is the primary role of a clinical specialist is to be in the operating room and supporting uh, surgical cases, and I was in neuromodulation. It's also the one of the unique parts of the neuromodulation world or, or that division in medical device is the close interaction with patients. And so they were really looking for someone that could come in and really focus their attention on patient care and being in the operating room as well. So I came from a science and research background, which was what I spent my time in an undergrad. I was a biochemist and total lab rat and nerd. And one of the reasons I left that is the, the principal investigator in the lab that I was working in my senior year had more nervous ticks than a clock. And so I just realized it wasn't <laughs> going to be right for me. I was able to be looked at as for, for a clinical role. It was my entry point and it launched my career after college, but it was a great foundation for me because it allowed me to focus on service again, to both physicians and patients alike. And the core focus of the role as a clinical specialist with, with Medtronic was to ensure a positive physician and patient experience through the application of the product itself. One of the key cornerstones of that particular role is it's a sales support role. And so what was nice about it is it allowed me, you know, I was lucky to get into it. And I was 25 years old, but it allowed me really to focus on that delivering service and good quality expertise in the OR and just really focusing on those cases while not being totally accountable for the sales number, which was something that the territory manager, the sales rep that I worked with was driven by and, and was part of a big part of my career later on, but it allowed sort of this safe space where I could do a, a lot of learning and just understand the you know, things like the sterile field and the OR and, and all the other stuff that it comes with being in an operating room and navigating pre-op and post-op and pack, you know, all of the different components of the hospital. So it was really good for me. It allowed me to become a trusted advisor in both the surgical and clinical applications of that product. After the clinical role, I made a, about three, three and a half, I think maybe four years later, I was able to make a transition into a territory manager role. Medtronic territory, you'll, you'll hear in medical device sales, the terms territory manager, sales representative. I preferred to call myself a therapy consultant. You know, they're all the same, essentially the same title. That title comes with full accountability to the quota and then revenue targets. And where that clinical background really helped me is it gave me a clinical foundation that as soon as I entered that role and I changed markets, I was originally in San Francisco and I moved out here to Phoenix. It gave me the confidence to stand in the OR and, and know my product and know how to communicate with surgeons and the scrub techs and the staff there and demonstrate that value immediately of being a clinical expert while simultaneously developing um, my strategic and territory ac management skills and acumen that were required for my new position. I think it's a great starting point too for reps trying to break into the industry. You just develop a good foundation before you have to take on that responsibility of the whole territory. It was really good for me because I didn't have, you know, maybe, I don't know if you would call it atypical or non-traditional or what, but I didn't come from a, a natural outside selling background. Didn't work in pharmaceuticals, didn't work in entry level sales jobs where you really cut your teeth and, and learn. And so this was a way for me to demonstrate, you know, based on my science and research background, jump into a more clinical role to be sort of the, the clinical and, well, just the clinical expert. And that's how I was viewed. And it was a good entry level place for me. I had a clinical specialist working for me in my second medical sales job at a BK Ultrasound. Her name was Tammy and she was incredible. I would 
go out and hit the streets and set up the meetings and the demos. And she would come in and help me out in the OR and in the clinical setting. And she was just extremely knowledgeable. Having that teammate just made us that much more successful. So it's a great role to start out in. I'm glad to hear it kind of helped you progress into the territory manager role. And I think it's good for others to know that that route is possible. It is. Yeah. Not all clinical specialists make the leap from being a clinical specialist into sales. Some companies hire specifically because the the sales team is growing or the territory is growing and they need individuals that are really focused on patient care and and being in the OR and supporting physicians for that role. But there is a subset and and most companies for high performers, well, when an individual comes into that role, they can use it as a low risk way to groom or, or channel that individual into a territory management role or an expansion provided that sales revenues grow. And I would say I took a lot of pride when I was there in that role. The TM that I worked for went to President's Club in my second year. And whether it's with Medtronic or whatever company, I would just go out on a limb and say any any sales rep or any territory manager that goes to President's Club that has clinical specialists, the good ones, you don't reach a P-Club run without creating a strong team culture and valuing your clinicals. They support you. They put you on the platform to be able to go the places that you want to go. And, and I was happy to be able to do that. And I, and I recognize that it's really a team approach. So going back to the beginning, how did you initially get the job at Medtronic? You know, what did you do to hunt that job down? And what did you do in the interview specifically to make sure you were the candidate of choice? <laughs> I think back to those days, and man, I was, when I was looking for the role, I reached a point where I was determined to get it. And to get into medical sales, and I remember being on the other side looking at like, how am I ever going to get into this without having connections and without knowing anybody? And it was daunting. But the one thing I, I can tell you and just kind of describe the way that, that I got into it, and I, I still remember this story 11, 12 years later. After I graduated my undergrad, I went and took about 18 months into getting, it was kind of a pseudo pharmaceutical sales job out in Santa Clara, California. It was holistic medicine, so I, some of it I think might have been the equivalent to snake oil, but at least I learned the basics of uh, inside <laughs> sales and prospecting and things like that. But I realized during that time that my career wasn't going the direction I really I really wanted it to go in, and so I knew a couple things. I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. I knew I was passionate about human medicine as opposed to just abstract medicine and pharmaceutical world or lab research and things like that. So I decided that the only way to well, I always had this itch as well to determine if I wanted to go to medical school. And I decided the only way to determine if that was something I really wanted to follow was to immerse myself in the industry. And so I actually quit that job and my dad broke his collarbone similarly at the time. And I went to one of my dad's follow-up appointments after it was surgically repaired by the orthopedic surgeon. And while my dad was having his post-op visit, I asked the surgeon if I could shadow him for a day and if they had any jobs available. And so they let me, at that time, it was common and it's, it's still common in the medical medical education world where if you're interested in, in job shadowing a surgeon, it's, it's part of their, it's part of the way they came through. They, they really look to, to groom people and give them that experience. And so I was able to join him in the OR for my first time for a job shadowing experience and, and watch uh, ACL repair, a meniscal repair and scum scopes. And it was really all sports medicine cases. It was a number of things. And then as a follow-up to that, I was, you know, their, one of their employees was, was leaving and they needed an alternative that could come in and do some of the back office work as a medical assistant. So I was able to weasel my way into a medical assistant job and just immerse myself in healthcare and orthopedics, albeit at a, at a much reduced salary at the time. But man, I learned a ton and I made a lot of good connections and try and keep this less long-winded. But the short story is I reached a point where I realized that medical school just wasn't for me after I started looking at the time and studies and, and everything else that went into it. 
I really settled back on, well, I, I met a number of reps that came through that I realized what I really wanted out of being in healthcare was being in the operating room. I thought the coolest thing in the world was being in surgery and then working with patients and making a difference in lives. So I focused all my attention on medical device and there were a number of reps almost daily that would come in and do in-services on their products during lunch and we would meet them. And at a point I, I finally got, you know, my confidence or bravery up or whatever you want to call it. And after I met a rep a couple of different times, I start following them out and tap them on the shoulder after the meeting asking, how do I get in? What's your black book look like? Can you give me any advice on the way to get in? And followed one gentleman out and tapped him on the shoulder. And he was like, yeah, man, here, let's set up a coffee. And we set up another meeting and he showed up and he was happy to help. And he just said, I'm impressed that you followed me out. And he gave me his whole black book of recruiters. And so that was the way it was done the old time. It was a bunch of notepad with about a hundred different names of recruiters in the industry. This was before medreps.com before everything really transferred the internet. But he gave that to me and I put it in a binder. Simultaneously, I was going to school and I remember doing some evening courses and stuff like that. Again, trying to just get involved with human anatomy, physiology, just everything in healthcare. Every time I had a break, every time I had time in between classes, I'd open up this black book and I'd start making phone calls. I just went down the list one by one. I called everybody. My pitch was terrible to begin with. Like, I didn't know what to say. But after a while, I mean, after several weeks of this, I learned that same behavior was the same behavior that makes you successful in sales. And I started to figure out how to pitch myself better and how to position myself better. And I remember I'd given one recruiter a call several weeks before, and I was coming home from medical. I mean, literally verbatim, feel this, you know, this was the exact situation. I was coming home from this medical assistant job, and I was frustrated with where I was in life. and I wasn't able to find a job. And on the way home in my Dodge Neon that was two different colors and paint, I get a call back from this recruiter that I'd called two weeks ago. And he's like, hey, man, what's going on? I got your message, you know, and, and tell me a little bit about yourself. And so I gave him my pitch and told him, yeah, I didn't have a lot of experience. You know, I'm working as a medical assistant. I've seen surgery. And he said, you know, so tell me, somebody that would interview you, man, you just, I like you. You sound great over the phone, but you just don't have a lot of experience. And so tell me what, you know, what, what would be tell me why an interview would want to talk to you. And I said, I, I was just fed up at the time. I just said, dude, your job is to put me in front of somebody. And that's all you got to do. I'll take care of the rest and make you money. And I heard about 30 seconds of silence on the other side of the phone. And he said, can you do an interview tomorrow at three? It was the interview with Medtronic. And it was for a clinical specialist job I do nothing about. But what I did in the time to prepare for that is I researched the heck out of the company all night and I always entered every interview. And I, I told the guy this, I mean, I didn't tell him this, but you know, now I had to put my money where my mouth was. The only advice that I would give in all of your career, whether it's with an interview or whether it's prospecting a customer, every time that you walk into a meeting, you should have done the research to be a better expert than the person on the other end of that table interviewing you. And I did the next day at three o'clock, I knew the company's mission statement. I knew its history. I knew its founders. I knew you know, the product lines, or at least I, faked it like I knew the product lines. Fortunately for me, I was able to knock that out of the park and I didn't know anything about interview processes, but over the, over the next three or four months, I had to interview with six or seven different field people. And I was very, very fortunate that a long seasoned tenured sales rep gave me a shot, gave me a chance to put me on his team. Again, it was kind of a long story. I apologize for that. That's how I got in. And I got in with Medtronic and then uh, it was July 2009, July 27th, 2009 was my start date. A month later, they flew me out to Minneapolis where we spent two different two-week sessions in this major corporate building. I didn't even realize what I had until I got there. So it was really cool, doable, remained persistent and focused. And it just, it took a long time. It took, you know, better part of six months to a year before I actually got in. Thanks for sharing that journey. That's amazing. I love what you said to the recruiter. I always say, fake it until you make it, right? <laughs> 
know, luck favors the bold as well, right? So yeah. within reason, don't be cocky or boastful, but don't don't be afraid to ask very boldly for the business or for what you want. Yeah. If the time asks for it. Now that you are the VP of sales at Atlas Healthcare, when you're hiring a new member on your team, you know, what do you look for in that individual? You know, say for example, if they have no previous sales experience similar to you at the time, and can they still earn that role with no sales experience? What do they need to do in order to make up for that lack of experience in your eyes? So that's a good question. So Atlas is only 18 months old, a little bit, you know, maybe 20 months old now. Yeah. Being with a large company that has really strong fundamentals and track sales training processes, they really, you know, for lack of a better term, they know how they do things and they do them well. Atlas, I was the, the founding employee for the sales business development division. We didn't have any true sales training processes. A lot of it was figuring it out. So my current team right now, everyone has a background in healthcare. But with that said, the qualities that I looked for, the people that are on my team that have a background in healthcare sales are the same, regardless of whether you have healthcare sales experience or if it was somebody that didn't have any experience that was right out of school or some or training. And for me, the uh, grit and character for an individual and for a team are the two most important ingredients again, in building a team or even adding a new team member. And so you know, I guess I would say that the nature of our company is, is to this point has prohibited me from hiring an individual that doesn't have that background as we scale and as we grow and we build those fundamentals, get to the point of pure profitability and, and moving forward, then absolutely 100%. I mean, I would rather go to battle with somebody that is just eager to learn, has a learning mindset, is curious and wants to grow and just adopts going the extra mile for the customer, for the patient and pulls together for the team. And again, has that grit. Or, and I say, I mean, I think it's an overused expression these days, but grit is really, it's part persistence, but it's, it's just part refusing to give up and figuring out solutions regardless in the face of how much adversity you might have. And, and so that encompasses a lot of things, but, but I'll stop there. I don't know if that answers the question. No, that was amazing. I love that. I think you hit it right on the nail. And I think that applies to whether you're on, the, you're on the healthcare side of things or on the sales side, regardless, you need to have those characteristics to bring on board. And then you moved up the ladder pretty fast. I've always been curious to know, what do you attribute your upward progression to for those trying to move up in their current industries and progress in their careers quickly? What do you recommend that they do? Well, there's a lot of things you can do. I'll tell you a story about myself. And I, but first, I'll give you some information on, on some things that you can do just to, to grow and improve. And so the first is going back to what I look for for people on my team. Never stop learning. Be a sponge. You know, learn as much as you can. Grow as much as you can. It'll also help you differentiate You know, in sales, showing up and knowing your features and benefits of your widget is just the entry ticket to the party. Bringing true value and, and providing information to physician customers that changes the way that they think, feel, or strategize about their practice and are just overall the way that they not necessarily take care of patients, but the overall way that they deliver healthcare in the community that they serve is only going to earn you credibility and help you with the sale. So never stop learning or never hesitate to invest in yourself. If you got the time to invest in yourself, there's no better return on your investment than challenging yourself to be better and growing. So I went back to school and I got my MBA in two different occasions. When I Before I moved from California, I had gone for a year and a half and made the decision that the career progression and the promotion I was getting for Phoenix was, was better. But when I got to Phoenix a year or so later, once I established myself, I went back and finished my MBA at, at WP Carey University at ASU. And I think that was 2018 was the end. 
but I invested in myself and I credit that with being able to transition my career and find an alternative career pathway outside of medical device and do healthcare institutions. So again, you know, whether it's a course, a certificate, school, all of that is a differentiation of you, yourself, the brand that you are. And so bring that to the table. That's super important. And then if you look at my career track, so yeah, I spent nine years with Medtronic and I started as an associate clinical specialist. And a couple years later, I became a clinical specialist, which frankly is essentially the same job, just with a pay increase. And then I made the transition from clinical specialist to a sales rep one or associate sales rep. And then two years later, I became a senior or a tenured sales rep for both positions, the associate and the senior level. They're essentially the same job function. It's just really demonstrated by the success that you've had with your customer base and revenues, to be frank. And so the bigger your territory grows, and the more you hit your number, you'll be promoted to senior at some point. With all of that said, it was nine years. But if your goal is truly to make more money in sales, then by all means, stay around, grow your territory big. And if you are disciplined and do well, there's still an opportunity to make a ton of money in medical device sales. However, if your goal is true personal development and you want to take an alternative career track, and I look at the transition from Medtronic to Atlas as for me, it was taking an alternative career pathway for myself. Then if you ever find yourself in the room where you're the smartest person in the room, or you feel like you're at a certain point where you cease to be challenged in your career or the job that you have, know in your heart, it's time to make a change because the longer you stay there, again, if you're interested in making money and, and staying in that role, by all means do it. Just make sure that you keep an eye on the market so you can adapt with it. If you are not being challenged and you feel like you, nobody there has given value to you, make a change, change your career, find a different career track, whether it's you know some, do something strategic. It doesn't have to necessarily have to be leaping and, and changing to a different company and taking all your relationships and going to the court for the competition. Find a different job role, figure out a way to rebrand yourself, differentiate yourself. The more divert, the bigger diversity of opportunities and roles that you can put yourself in, in the younger part of your career is only going to set you up for bigger titles, bigger roles, bigger accountability in the long run. No, I love what you did. And I look up to you for making that transition to Atlas and being bold enough to do so. I wish you all the best. Thank you. When I took the job with Atlas, I didn't know what I didn't know about that world. You know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you just have to be confident in your skills as well and know that, Hey man, we're going to fly this airplane while we're building it. And we're going to figure it out along the way because we can believe in yourself. Any parting words, for our listeners, maybe geared towards those trying to break into the medical sales industry, which I think are comprised of the, the bulk of our listeners. I really appreciate being on, you know, inviting me to be on this podcast because Absolutely. You know, I want to, I enjoy sharing my story, even though it's, it can be long, but I just want to give, let everybody else out there know that time and pressure and you will get the position that you want, even if you don't know that it's the one that you want yet but it'll be an entry entry into this career and the medical device sales. And so a couple of things that I can think of just leaving you with, whether it's in your job search or, or whether it's in your sales career, persistence is the number one leading indicator to success in sales and prospecting your sales leads for your next job is identical in nature to prospecting customers for closing sales and whatever job that you end up getting. So I just be very deliberate about the way that you plan your career whether it's now or whether it's your career advancement, very strategic in the way that you approach it, differentiate yourself, um, differentiate yourself during your interviews. Also be very deliberate in your prospecting strategy for the positions you're looking into, but stay committed. You'll get it and good luck. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much for jumping on with me. I think your perspective is very valuable, which I really appreciate. I enjoyed being on. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm going to leave you with a sincere thank you for tuning in. 
and a little food for thought to carry along with you for the rest of the day. James Allen once said, A man is limited only by the thoughts he chooses.